David and Mephibosheth. David asked, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They called him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? Your servant, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in both feet. Where is he? the king asked. Ziba answered, He is at the house of Machir, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, the grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table, and he was crippled in both feet. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, have you ever been at a place where, in a sense, you had to pinch yourself to say, boy, is this, is this real that I'm truly, truly here? Um, you know, when people immigrated uh, many years ago, they thought that they would never see their family again. And imagine that, that an opportunity came, either you went back to your old country or your parents came to, over here and you sat together and you can hardly believe that this is this happening. You're just so very, very uh, joyful. Maybe, maybe you have you're on a you have a bucket list of um, you want to go on a river cruise in the Rhine or, or something. And anyway, that, that, that after all the planning and everything, one day you're sitting on that river cruise and, and you're and you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, I'm I'm actually here." Can you imagine those boy, the soccer team from Thailand? <laughs> Four of the last I heard this morning, four of them who were rescued already. They're going to be sitting soon around their parents' table, maybe having a barbecue or so. Can you imagine what's going through their minds and their thing? 
I can't believe it. After all this time in the darkness and, and all this time with the water facing us, possibly going to drown, I'm, I'm actually here. You're just so overwhelmed that you're actually there. This morning, we were invited to the table of the Lord. And I have a feeling that for most of it is, oh yeah, it's Lord's Supper again. There's probably not a lot of, well, maybe I'm wrong, but probably not a lot of enthusiasm in days gone by. I must admit, when I saw that the Lord said, oh, it's going to be a longer service and, and, and all of these types of things you, 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 you thought of. But I hope and pray that there is also this element in your souls <laughs> that you say, I can hardly believe that I'm sitting at the king's table, that I'm sitting at the Lord's table, that he has invited me, of all people, to be sitting here. Now, to get at that, I would like us to look at the story of Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, who calls himself a dead dog, And here he is. Welcome to the Lord's table. And notice in that passage that Emily read, I think it was four times that we read the the table of the king, the table of the king. And so that's, that's definitely an emphasis there, that he of all people is seated at the king's table. And so hopefully we can see ourselves somewhat in Mephibosheth. So let's look at this particular story. And as we heard in the children's message, also the story goes back uh, some distance. Remember, the people of Israel wanted a king, and so they got this tall man named Saul, and so he became king. But... Not too long later, he kind of lost favor with the Lord. And so David was anointed king. Saul had a son, Jonathan. Now who in Jonathan then would be the crown prince. Jonathan would be heir to the throne. The whole nation would, he would be over the whole nation. But here comes David. And after after killing Goliath, uh, David is, is kind of spends a lot of time at, at the king's palace. As a matter of fact, he's, he's also given the daughter of Saul, Michael. And so, and so in effect, he was also the brother-in-law to, to Jonathan. So he, he comes to know Jonathan very, very well. As a matter of fact, we read in an earlier chapter that David and Jonathan were of one spirit, They were true, true friends. And that was really something for for Jonathan. I don't know if I would have had the, you know, the the kindness uh, to, to me, David would be a rival. He's going to take the throne. But Jonathan realized, that this was something that God, God anointed him. He was God's anointed one. And so he, he, he became a true friend of Jonathan. 
Jonathan and David became true, true friends. And they made, we read, they made a covenant. Because you see, Jonathan knows what, he's, he's wise enough to know that, that when a new king takes over, the first thing he does is, is get rid of all those who may be a threat to him. And who are mostly a threat to him? Well, members of Saul's household. So Jonathan knows that, that his days are numbered. But they make a covenant. And will you never cut off your kindness from my family? And so this is the covenant that David and Jonathan made with each other. Well, then the story goes on. After a while, David does become king of Israel. And it was quite quite a journey for David. He was on the run and Saul was after him. Saul would get into those, into those evil spirits. And, and, and so when, when David was finally, finally king, you can imagine that he wanted to get rid of anything that represented Saul because finally, finally, he had made it. But the first thing he does is he re- he fulfills a vow that he had made to his friend Jonathan. And so he calls, he calls, is there anyone left of Saul's household? And well, the manager of the household, Ziba, is, um, is, is found, and so he's contacted. And is there yet anyone of, of Saul's household? Well, yes, there is Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, who is lame in both feet. Again, I, we read, I believe it's chapter 4 of Second Solomon, uh, Second Samuel, uh, that when Saul and his family were running for their lives, Mephibosheth was five years old. The nurse kind of picked him up, but in, 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 in all the chaos, she dropped him, and we don't know exactly what happened, but course the medical system not being what it is today and so he was lame in two feet in both feet Mephibosheth now lived in Lodabar we read here Lodabar is we might as well say like Timbuktu he's he, he lives way out there David, David you've got nothing nothing to fear about this guy he's lame he lives out in Lodabar and and he, he's, he's not going to be a threat at all. But he says to his servant Zebra, he says, just bring Mephibosheth here. And as Mephibosheth is going, you can well imagine what's going through his mind. He's probably thinking to himself, I'm a dead duck. I mean, here I was in Lodabar, I thought maybe he'd never, never find me on, on the other side of the Jordan. I'm, I'm, I'm way far away, but now I've got to go to the king. I belong to the household of Saul. I'm his grandson. Obviously, obviously he's going to get rid of me. But what does David say? David says, you may sit at the, my Table. You may receive all the property of your, of your grandfather Saul. Why does David do that? 
Does David have pity on, on this, this man who was crippled? No, that's, maybe he did have some pity, but that's not the reason that he gave them these privileges. No, solely based on somebody else solely based on the covenant that he had made with Mephibosheth's father, Jonathan. And on that basis, he was welcomed to the table because of his mercy, because of his kindness. It's actually the Hebrew word, um, which is chesed, which is, which is often the word used for God himself, God's mercy, God's love, God's grace. And so here, here, David, David extends this chesed. He extends this love and this grace. Again, not because Mephibosheth is such a good guy. No, solely, solely on the basis of what he has done. And Mephibosheth, he can't believe it. He's pinching himself. How can you, how can you, how can, how can I as a dead dog come sitting, come at the king's table? You know, when Goliath um, was taunting David, he says, what am I, a dog? And so we can almost see that the, the, the dogs are those who, who are against the Lord's anointed ones. The Goliath who's going to go against David. Saul and his house who was going to go who went against David. They wanted to anoint themselves. They wanted to be in the place of God's anointed one. And so Mephibosheth, he recognizes that. He says, here I am a dead dog because I belong to the house of, of Saul. I am worthy of it. Death. I am not worthy of it, sitting at the king's table. That's what he means when he says that he is. He sees himself as a dead dog. But now, every time, every time that he sits at the king's table, he is reminded of the chesed. He is reminded of the kindness of King David in terms of the covenant that was made with his father. And so that's the story. But can you see how that also then applies to your life and to mine? In many ways, we are like Mephibosheth. Maybe we are not physically lame, but we certainly are are spiritually lame. We stumble, we fall. We, we, like Mephibosheth, belong to, to a people who do not want the Lord's anointed. We want to be determining our own futures. We want to determine our own lives. We do not want to listen to, uh, to the Lord's anointed one. And so, we too in that sense, are dead dogs. Who is the anointed one today? It is, of course, the son of David. It is, of course, Jesus Christ. This is my son, says God, when Jesus was 
was baptized, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. He was baptized. He was anointed by John the Baptist. He is, he is the anointed one. And so here we are. We who are, in a sense, you know, when, when God created the world, he created you and I as, as image bearers, as people who were going to co-reign with God. But we sinned, and we were cast out of the garden. And through the Tower of Babels and through all sorts of other means, we are going to establish our prowess. We, we are the ones who, who we were like the crown prince, so to speak, but no longer. But now, now, through Jesus, we are invited to the table of the Lord. Again, it's not because God has pity on us. Yes, he does have pity, but it's not for that reason. It's not because God likes us so much. No, it's solely on the basis of the covenant. It's solely on the basis of, of Jesus Christ and what he has done. Mephibosheth, because he was the biological son of Jonathan. But now, now we can be in a sense, the spiritual children of God through Jesus Christ. Jesus who is our brother, we, we read. And so because, because of that, we may, we may come to the table of the Lord. And so in that context, as Mephibosheth was, was in this, yeah, pinching himself, that here, here, we, we may be at the Lord's table. And it's not only, you know, every, every day that he's, he's eating, he's, he's, he's getting good food. No, it's much broader than that. He is the king. He, he's the ruler of all of Israel. Well, Jesus, who is Jesus? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so as we at the table, we look around and we see it's all mine. Not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is. And so we can be so thrilled. Mephibosheth was, was, was given the land. He was given an inheritance. Everything that he now has is a gift, a gift from the king. Yet, of course, Mephibosheth remained a cripple. And it wasn't until the fulfillment of the kingdom of God that, that he, he receives the full, the full riches of what he has through the king, what he ultimately has through God himself. There's still, um, if you read you know, some time today, you might want to read in chapter 16 and in chapter 19. Um, there we, when, when David is fleeing from Absalom, um, there he's, 
Uh, he asked Ziba, How, where's Mephibosheth? And Ziba says, well, yeah, no, he stayed because he thinks that the kingdom is going to be restored to him. And so oh, he, uh, Mephibosheth uh, rebels. But then if you read in chapter 19, when David says, he says, how come, you didn't, how come you didn't join me? And then Mephibosheth says, well, Ziba didn't, didn't saddle up my donkey and I couldn't, I couldn't get on because, again, he was, was crippled. So we don't know exactly what, what, what transpired, but I would like to think that Mephibosheth remained loyal, loyal to, to the king because of this great, great gift that he had received. Yes, there are temptations. He, I'm sure, was tempted when, when, when David was fleeing in Absalom, but he remained loyal. And so I hope and pray that as we come to the table, we do not have all the riches as of, as of yet. And we may be tempted to kind of go our own way. But I hope and pray that again, coming to the table time and time again, that we recognize the vast riches that we have through Jesus Christ. Again, not of ourselves, but only through him. And so, once again, we've had the privilege of coming to the table. And maybe, in some ways, it's a little routine. But I hope you have been reminded of the tremendous blessing that he has given us when he comes and when he says, Come, you of all people, you, have been invited to sit at the king's table. Amen. Have been invited.